Welcome to the Path of Wellness podcast, the show that empowers you to show up in the world as the best version of yourself. Hosted by licensed acupuncturist, Chinese herbalist, and shamanic practitioner, Nicole Berrios, each episode will provide you with practical tips, strategies, and insights that will challenge you to think about health from a perspective of emotional and spiritual well-being. So join me as I journey down the rabbit hole of health, wellness, and spirituality. Ready to dive in? Here we go. Welcome back to a very belated second episode of the Path of Wellness podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Berrios, and it has been a long time coming getting this episode up. I think everybody who was able to tune into my first episode that was months ago at this point, I believe I put that one up in March, and it is now October of 2021, so it's been a good long while. Um, yeah, you you know how it is. Life happens. The world is kind of weird right now, and yeah, just life happens. But I am super excited to get back on the podcast horse here. I have a lot of new episodes coming up and that will be coming out regularly, and I'm super excited to get those out to you. And I hope you guys, I hope you guys enjoy the content. So what I wanted this episode to be about was a personal journey of mine, something that the more I work as an acupuncturist and lately I've really been stepping into the role of a shamanic practitioner, I've been doing a lot of shamanic work on clients lately and uh, just doing, doing that work on others and I do it on myself too. I've come to realize that my real main mission in in life and in helping my clients and in helping myself is all about empowerment. And I, I've known this, I talked about it in my first episode, that that's what my goal was, just to help people feel empowered to like step into the best version of themselves. And so that's what I, I strive to achieve personally and I strive to help my clients achieve that as well but I thought I would I would do a little like a series of of podcast episodes where I talk about how I try to embody this because I think the the empowerment piece of my journey is it's such a big part of who I am and it's such a big part of what I do that I think it's kind of important for me to lead by example for one and two to be able to share the journey with others so that they can kind of see the process that you that healing can take like what all you have to undergo in order to like really step into your power because empowerment is it's not it's not an easy path it it sounds it sounds like once you're empowered, you know, you're you're super and amazing and everything is great, but I have not found that to be the case. I've, I have found that the journey towards empowerment is actually quite challenging and it never ends. And I don't mean to say that like it's a bad thing, you know, like, oh, it never ends. When does all this torture end? I don't mean it like that. I just mean it's you're constantly growing and you're constantly developing and evolving and that is great. I think that's 
the essence of being a human is that you always want to strive to achieve bigger and better things and that's kind of what I I'm going for with my my constant my consistent journey towards personal empowerment and I thought that for this episode just to kind of start start the series off and I might not do an episode like this every every time um, I think the series will be kind of intermittent and I'll post like episodes here and there where I talk about my process and my journey towards empowerment because it is ever evolving and ever changing but for this particular episode I really wanted to do to go in depth about what I went through to overcome seasonal affective disorder so for those who who don't know, I have to give a little bit of backstory for this. Um, I was, I'm born and raised, I was born and raised in California, Southern California, Long Beach in particular, uh, for anybody who, who knows Long Beach, <laughs> where Sublime and Snoop Dogg nourished me. Um, but I lived there for the first 26 years of my life and I moved with my husband and our cats to Phoenix, Arizona when I was 26 and I've been here ever since and so I've been in the desert for well over 10 years now and moving to Arizona was a complete upheaval I mean moving moving anywhere is an upheaval but moving moving here really really rocked my boat in so many ways and and it was completely unexpected so I have to kind of go back a little bit further because I, I think it's important to understand like the unfolding of all of this and like where I like what kind of headspace I was in when I first moved to Phoenix and like right before I moved to Phoenix. So I I grew up not really um, being taught how to handle feelings or emotions. <laughs> And I spent a lot of time suppressing things. And so when I finally started to like get get to doing healing work um, through, it was mostly through like kundalini yoga and um, acupuncture and just like those sorts of things, like all of these emotions started to come to the surface that I had no idea of what they were or how to deal with any of them. Like it was very spontaneous. Like I very spontaneously had to start dealing with all of these feelings. <laughs> and then I did a, at some point, I did a 10 day Vipassana meditation retreat. I don't know if you guys have heard of that before, but it's like you sit in noble silence for 10 days and you just do nothing but meditate. And that really rocked the boat. And so, I, when I, when I was still living in California, I was not a very empowered person, not in the slightest. And I can honestly say this because I still have some journals from back then. And every once in a while, I'll get one of those like um, Facebook alerts, like, hey, this happened, like you posted this 10 years ago. And it'll be a post of what, I, I don't know, some random thing that I said when I was still like living in California. And I just, I can't even believe how much different I was then compared to how I am now. Just the things that I used to say publicly on Facebook, whenever I read them now, I'm like, oh my God, I can't even believe I said that in a public venue. Like I, I was a very whiny person. Um, I had a big victim mentality, like everything was happening to me. 
I just, yeah, I was, I was not a very empowered person. And so moving to Phoenix was kind of a necessity at that point in time. I was struggling, my husband and I were struggling financially and there didn't seem to be any way out. And we wound up moving to Phoenix because my mother-in-law lives, you know, lives here, lives in Phoenix where we are now. And she offered to let us stay with her for free while we were getting on our feet. So that's why we wound up moving out here. It was for financial reasons. In hindsight, I can look back at that time and think, oh yeah, like it was absolutely a choice. I chose to come out here. Like I know that now, 10 years after the fact, like I've done a bunch of work since then, but at the time I was not in a good headspace because I was living in victim land. And so when we first came out here, it was April 23rd. That was the date, April 23rd, 2011 is when we moved out here. And it was the very, the very beginning of it starting to get warm in the desert. It was by no means like the peak of the summer heat, but it was pretty warm. And it was a big shock for my, my system. And I just, I remember coming out here, the first couple of weeks out here kind of felt like I was on vacation, which was bizarre because <laughs> I'd never left Southern California. This was my first real big move out of state. And I didn't expect how, how weird it was gonna feel. So the first couple of weeks, it just felt like I was on vacation. But then after that, I began to realize like, oh my gosh, I'm not going back to California. Like this isn't vacation. I actually live here. Like I don't know anybody. We didn't have a car at that point in time. Uh, yeah, and it was starting to get warm and I was coming, I came out here in such a disempowered state that I just spent a lot of time feeling very sorry for myself, feeling like I was forced out here because, oh, woe to me, my financial situation was so bad, everything sucks, <laughs> you know, life sucks, I didn't want to come out here, like, I want to go back to California because it's better out there, even though, ironically, the whole, my entire life in California, all I ever did was complain about wanting to leave California. <laughs> and then I finally did, and all I did was complain about being where I currently was. Oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. This is why I wanted to talk to you guys about this, to like put this out publicly, just to show like how much healing a person can do and like where my journey took me and like where I was when I first started. So yeah, this was me like at the very beginning of my healing journey. And yeah, it wasn't a very good place. And so I was already, you know, down in the dumps and just struggling with living out here when we first got here and feeling like a victim and yada yada. And then summer really hit. And it was so unbelievably hot. I couldn't, like I knew that it was gonna be warm out here. You know, like you're living in a desert. Like I, I logically knew that, but knowing it and experiencing it are two very different things. And it just, uh, yeah, the, the summer became my new thing to complain about. Another new thing to complain about. <laughs> just because it's, it's interesting here. It's, um, 
it's very oppressive in the summer in in Arizona it can be especially your first summer and especially if you're already in a victim mentality anyways it's a really easy thing to just hate and to complain about all the time you know like it's so hot I can't go outside and then it's just weird because it's summertime and you're supposed to be like outside doing fun stuff but you're kind of like stuck inside when you should be outside it's very backwards and that whole first summer I just wallowed and moped and <laughs> it was awful and then in the fall um, which I, I discovered it does not actually like really cool down here until right around Halloween I know that now and so even you know like in mid um, mid-September when it actually like according to the calendar becomes fall it's still not really fall yet <laughs> like the cooler weather won't arrive for another month or so but I didn't know that at the time I just was very busy complaining about the weather and hating my life and hating everything and like I was just I dealt with a lot of massive depression at that point in my life for all of the reasons I already mentioned and then throw in the oppressive summer heat on top of it and it was just a recipe for disaster so I started acupuncture school out here in the fall like that first year so it was probably like August, so it was still really hot at that point in time. But at least I had school to distract me, which was good. I needed that. But yeah, like like the school distraction helped. And then once it started to cool down, I would I noticed that I would feel better. Like I was still angry and disgruntled and, you know, feeling like a victim about living out here. But I didn't have like that oppressive summer thing going on. And it, that and it's beautiful out here in the fall and the winter and into the early spring as well and um, yeah so I, I just kind of forgot about it you know like didn't even think about it and then the next summer came and I started to like fall into the depression again and it took me a couple of years to realize that it what I was going through was seasonal and once I did, I began to hate this, like once I discovered that, I began to hate the summer even more because then I felt like, I felt like, oh my gosh, every year I get to look forward to like three months of not being able to function very well. And yeah, it would make me hate the summer even more than I already did. You know, like the summer just became this really convenient excuse for me to be upset about my life and for me to feel like, everything was wrong and like it's the weather like you can't change anything about the weather but also how do you learn to live with such high heat and oppressive just oppressive temperature and oppressive sun like something that very much surprised me is how much I began to hate looking at blue sky <laughs> I, I began to really miss clouds I just I couldn't understand like why the sky was so blue all the time. So for those who, who don't know, there's two different kinds of seasonal affective disorder. The first one, and this is the one that the majority of people get, like people who suffer from seasonal depression, is the wintertime variant, and that's when you get depressed in the winter. Um, it, it usually happens in places that are colder, obviously, or where there's just a lot of gray skies or where the days are really short and the nights is just like nighttime all the time like northern um more northern latitude um, areas or like geographically in the north 
like that that makes sense you know like you're just kind of stuck and it's dark and you're lacking in vitamin D which contributes to it so like that makes sense I had no idea that you could get seasonal depression in the summertime and that's called the summer variant and so that that's what I was suffering from and it was a lot like the seasonal depression in the wintertime except you know instead of me cursing the gray skies I was cursing the blue sky and uh, it was it was just a nightmare and yeah so every year like clockwork right around my birthday my birthday is June 13th so it was like right around my birthday is when the depression would start to kick in and I would dread it every year <laughs> and then I would be pretty much down and out for about three months and then it would be sometime in like late August early September that I would finally start to come out of it and then I would be fine I mean I would I still had all kinds of other issues going on but like as far as that hardcore depression like can't function have a hard time eating and getting out of bed and sleeping like that really only happened during the summer months and it was awful and I began to think that like maybe Arizona just was not the place for me and I spent a lot of time wallowing in that and wondering where am I going to live that's not here. Like I just, I've spent a lot of time uh, not appreciating where I am. I've spent a lot of time wishing I was elsewhere or wishing that I was different or wishing that circumstances in my life were different. And through the years with lots and lots of self-reflection and healing work and especially when I started to do my shamanic training I came to realize that I was giving away massive amounts of my personal power to all of these various problems and in particular I was giving away so much power to the summertime to the seasonal affective disorder it became like a part of my identity like, I'm Nicole, I have summertime seasonal affective disorder. Like, hey, if you see me on June 13th, like that's pretty much the last you're gonna see of me until sometime in late August when I start to feel better. Like that just became part of who I was. And I got to the point where I didn't think there was anything I could do about it. It was just part of my life. And unless I wanted to change it, like the only way I would be able to change it, it would be to just leave, you know, like I wouldn't be able to live here anymore or I would have to become a snowbird, um, which for those who don't know is a person who chases the nice weather basically, you know, we have a lot of snowbirds here in, in the desert. Um, it's people that live, they live here in the warmer climate during the cooler months and then they live like in Michigan or something during the, the summertime. Um, yeah, so I seriously considered being a snowbird. I could not figure out how to make that work logistically or financially, so I ultimately scrapped that idea. But I, I sure did spend a lot of time and a lot of energy hating everything about my life and everything about the summertime here. And it wasn't until last summer, it was August, August of 2020. So mind you, this is like in the middle of COVID. So we're already having a really weird and oppressive year in the first place. And my seasonal affective disorder was at its peak last year. And I got to the point where all of the spiritual work I was doing and all of my shamanic work, like I had, I had just received my 
shamanic practitioner certification like a couple months before this but I feel like this healing seasonal affective disorder was really like my one of my final initiations into being a shaman like I had I had to go through this in order to come out the other side like more empowered but it was August 2020 and the seasonal affective disorder came to a head it was the worst it had ever been and I'd done I'd done it for 10 years already so I I knew what it was like I knew what to expect and it was the absolute worst like I wasn't suicidal or anything like that it was just I could not function I had the worst insomnia I've never had insomnia like that before and I have a toddler she was one one at this point last year and she had finally started to sleep through the night and so once she was sleeping through the night I thought all right cool I can start catching up on my sleep now but then this crazy insomnia kicked in and I just <laughs> I was so baffled by all of it like oh my gosh I I cannot I cannot do this anymore so it all came to a head in August of 2020 and I sat down with a journal and I cried a lot and yeah I just I took pen to paper and I came up with this huge list of everything I was going to do to make sure that summer 2021 was was no more seasonal affective disorder like I I just came to a point where I was like I am done I cannot do this another year I cannot lose another three months of my life so I came up with this really big list of every possible thing I could think of to help not have seasonal affective disorder in 2021. My list was everything from like practical things to extreme things to things that I probably wasn't really gonna do. Like I just kind of put it in there as a joke, but maybe I would try it if I needed to. So it included things like doing lots of acupuncture, um, taking melatonin, taking a vitamin D supplement, taking herbal supplements, um, going swimming more, putting a shade sail up over my pool um, just so I can swim like during the middle of the day, um, taking lots of trips out of town, making sure that I'm seeing friends, and um, what else did I put on that list? Oh, me medicate myself was one of them like one of my solutions um, whether that meant like getting an antidepressant or taking a sleeping pill to mitigate the insomnia like I wrote that down there as a just in case I need it but I wasn't actually anticipating needing to go that route but I wrote it down there just in case I needed to try it like if the depression got bad enough like I was determined I was going to do everything in my power and so I think that that, like, that was the tipping point. Like, I already, it already came to a head, you know, just on its own because it was so intense and I just, like, realized that I couldn't do it anymore. Like, that was really what turned it around for me was the shaman came out. <laughs> like, all of this shamanic training that I had been doing, um, everything that I went through just to become a mom, everything that I went through to get my acupuncture license, like I'm no stranger to going through stuff and to doing things that are wildly empowering, but for some reason I was just really stuck in this victim mode. And 
the seasonal affective thing was just like this convenient label, you know, like it, it was a really good excuse for me to not fully step into my power because when I re when I really observed myself and I looked at it, I came to the conclusion that I was afraid of fully stepping into my power. And I think based on the work that I do with others, I think most of us are. I think it has something to do with, like it's scary stepping out into your power. It's almost like you're stepping off a cliff in a way, like with no safety net, you don't know what to expect, you don't know a lot of people around you who are living a fully embodied, empowered life or you know, living as a fully empowered version of themselves. So it's just, it's kind of scary. It's almost like you're stepping out into a whole new world, a whole new way of being with no, you, you don't know what to expect basically. And I kind of, I think that's what was happening with me too. I was totally just freaked out about really claiming, claiming it and stepping into my power, especially as a shaman. Like I, I've had to deal with a lot of, um, ego issues around just calling myself that and like, do I even deserve that title? Um, my guides tell me, yes, I do. And I need to just claim it. But for me, like as an ego, you know, a person and a soul in a body, it's been very hard for me to actually claim that title because it means like I'm stepping into the role and I'm claiming my empowerment. And the seasonal affective disorder was just a really convenient way for me to be like, oh, I can't be fully empowered because I have this thing. <laughs> There's a really good book that I've, I've been reading. It's called The, the Big Leap. It's by, I'm pretty sure his name is Gay Hendricks. But he talks about this thing called the upper limit. I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent here just a little bit, but it does relate to what I'm talking about. So the upper limit is, it's like a threshold that you hit. We all have an upper limit and basically what it means is every time that like something, like things are going really well in your life, you do something to sabotage it <laughs> and kind of keep yourself, keep yourself small. We all do it. We all have various different levels of upper limit problems. But yeah, like if, if you've ever like had things going really well and you suddenly think like, oh no, like things are too, it's too good to be true. Like something's gonna happen to mess all this up. And then inevitably something does happen. You've hit your upper limit. And um, what I realized after reading this book is that my, my seasonal affective disorder thing was like an upper limit. Like things in my life would be going really good for like nine months out of the year. And then my birthday would hit. My, which I discovered my birthday was the was the trigger and um, my birthday would hit and then I'd hit my upper limit and like okay I've got three months of, of crap <laughs> I was hitting my upper limit every single year so reading that book was actually pretty enlightening because I was like oh my gosh I'm just I've been hitting my upper limit because I'm afraid to step into my power because what does it even mean to be fully empowered 12 months out of the year like what how different would my life be if I'm if I'm mostly good the entire year it was almost like I was afraid to say yes like just afraid to allow myself that and so I hit my upper limit and what do you know I manifest being depressed for three months every single year 
so yeah when August 2020 came around and I decided I'm not doing this again that was kind of like step number one well I'd been like going I'd been trying to get over this for a very long time but that was really the tipping point is when I decided I am not doing this anymore next summer is going to be different I'm going to have a great summer and so I put a plan in place and the funny thing about seasonal affective disorder is that it, you know, it only happens during the season. So like during the nice months out of the year, I just didn't even have to worry about it because it's, it's like a switch would get flipped and suddenly I'm totally fine. So that's what happened, you know, with um, after August 2020, like going into September, I felt totally fine. It's, it's such a bizarre feeling to just like have, have it shut off and then you're you're fine man it's so bizarre i like can't even describe how weird it is but yeah that was the tipping point was deciding that that's what was going to happen and then a couple weeks after that i did a healing session with a good friend of mine who does she doesn't call herself a shaman but she's totally a shaman (laughs) like she does shamanic work in her own way so she did some work on me and in the days following that session and this is how shamanic work goes is usually in the days and weeks following a, a whatever healing session you're getting is when all of this stuff kind of comes up it's like a regurgitation you know like you're kind of forced to look at at things and and deal with it and so that's what happened after this session with my friend um and it it actually was it helped me really heal the seasonal affective disorder like i already i'd already gone through it for 10 years so i i already like knew what it was like and yeah then i came to the conclusion in 2020 that in 2021 i was not going to do it anymore like i i stood up for myself i decided i'm claiming my power back like summer is not going to take me down next year and then i did a healing session and that allowed that allowed me to like bring that in but the way it happened was um it was very interesting so when you do a healing session for me anyways i when i get a healing session i feel really weird for a couple of days like just indescribably weird (laughs) um i'll usually get really emotional i might cry a lot i might get angry just lots of weirdness And then I start to kind of come out of it and feel better. So it was like in the days that I was coming out of the weirdness that I suddenly felt called to put up a post on Instagram about my struggle with seasonal affective disorder on my business page. And so I did. And it was the first time that I'd ever really like come out with it before. Like people knew about it, but this was the first time that I had talked about it publicly. And it wound up being a really long post. It was very cathartic. And as I was typing this post up, I was getting very emotional. (laughs) And when I was done with the post and I actually posted it, so it's up on Instagram and Facebook now on my business pages, I, because, you know, shaman, we're going down the rabbit hole of spirituality here. Like suddenly, how do I describe it? As as I typed all of this stuff out and I got it out onto, you know, into words, onto the screen, into the world, it like pulled out this spiritual 
entity that had attached to me, like, or that I had created, basically, that was the embodiment of the seasonal affective disorder. Just all the depression, all the sadness, all the angst, all the fear, everything that was seasonal affective disorder to me, it came out of my body and became like its own entity like person like i could see it was it was like a male figure but like i could see it standing right next to me and i cried hysterically for about 15 minutes after that i was in my office i remember distinctly i was in my office i, I was like in between clients so i'm like checking my watch making sure that i'm going to be on time and it, yeah, I seriously sobbed nonstop for 15 minutes. And it was like partly relief kind of crying and also partly just like, I, I can't even really describe it. I just, I, I laughed while I was crying. I, I, if anybody had seen me, they would have thought that I was losing my mind. But really what happened was I, you know, August 2020, I stood up for myself and decided I'm not doing this anymore. And then I get this this healing work done that allowed all of that stuff that I had been holding on to around the summertime here, it came out of my body and I was able to look at it like it came out as a person like standing in front of me and I was able to look at it and then I was able to let it go and then I cried forever <laughs> and it was nothing short of amazing. like that felt like shamanic work like that that's healing right there is seeing the crap that you're holding on to and then acknowledging it and then allowing it to go like okay you don't serve me anymore like it is time for you to go and i did i just i let it go and i can't even begin to tell you how powerful that was Oh, I haven't talked about this publicly either. Um, yeah, thank you for listening to this part of my story. But yeah, so after that, this was like in November of 2020, I believe. Yeah, November, October, November of 2020. So I realized that I still had a ways to go before summer and before I had to worry about potentially getting um, seasonal affective disorder again. But I felt like, I was fine after that like once that happened I realized I'm not gonna have to deal with seasonal affective disorder anymore like I'm good and it turns out that I, I was like there was some other healing that needed to happen as well um, and some a lot of the seasonal affective disorder I realized like through more shamanic work uh, is that um, it had to do with the past life they really crazy traumatic past life um, that's been affecting this life in many many ways but the seasonal affective disorder was just one of the ways that it manifested in this life and so i've had to do a lot of work to heal that past life which in turn healed this current life that i'm living and it's been wild i can't even begin to tell you so this year june 2021 my birthday is coming up and I know I knew right away like as soon as it became June my birthday is June 13th so as soon as like June 1st rolled around um, every year before this one I would start to get 
birthday blues. And this year, come June, I felt great. I, I, knew, I, I knew that I was going to be fine. I was like, I don't have birthday blues. But I also was feeling like it's too good to be true. Like it's not real. Like I'm going to slip into the depression as soon as my birthday happens. Like I was, I was nervous. Like, I guess you can call it PTSD. Like I have a little PTSD around this. Um, so yeah, my birthday came around and like I had a plan cause another, um, thing that made my birthday the trigger for the seasonal affective disorder is the fact that I never allowed myself to actually celebrate my birthday. And that, yeah, that kind of just fed into the whole, like, I'm going to be depressed for three months. Like, I wasn't allowing myself to celebrate anything. I just kind of would, like, drudge, everything was like drudgery. (laughs) Like, I would just go from one task to the next and, like, not really stop and enjoy myself and celebrate myself in another year on the planet. And so this year, I decided I am doing something for myself. I decided that my daughter and my husband were going to make me cupcakes, like gluten-free cupcakes because I can't eat wheat, and I was going to go to the river, and I was going to get a massage, and it was going to be fantastic. And so I got all these things scheduled, and then like the day before my birthday, my husband got sick with like food poisoning or something random, (laughs) and I felt myself like slipping in to the depression I was like oh no look at this thing that just came up like right before my birthday like of course this happened like I started to slip back into victim mode and then on my birthday he was totally out of commission like there was no way he was going to the river with me (laughs) and I let myself wallow for a few minutes like I locked myself in my room and I cried over that and then I was like you know what I've I've like got a community of people here now, like I've got friends that I can call upon and see if they'll go to the river with me and my daughter. And so that's what I did. Like I called up a friend who just happened to be really wanting to go to the river and we went to the river together and I still had my massage and my daughter helped me make my own cupcakes because my husband couldn't do it. And I wound up having a really good birthday. It was like the best birthday I've had in years. And then after that, all summer long, I did not get depressed at all. It was amazing. It also helped that it rained a lot this summer. We had a fantastic monsoon season, which I think me and my mom group might have contributed to a little bit. Um, That was one of the things, like shamanically, I called in. Like we did a drum circle for dancing for the rain and like it, it rained this summer. In fact, it's been raining all day today in October. Um, But yeah, so having a good monsoon season definitely helps. But even if it wasn't monsooning, is that a word, monsooning? Even if it hadn't been raining a lot, I still think that I would have been okay. Like I would have been okay because I decided I was gonna be okay. Like I decided I'm not giving my power away to this anymore. And I did the healing work. I got it physically out of my system, I said goodbye to it, and I moved on. And then come my birthday, when like the, like the trigger day, like a little trigger came up to see, like to test my resolve, and I think I passed the test with flying colors. And so now here I am, October 2021, and I can honestly say 
I freaking did it. I got over my seasonal affective disorder. And now I can appreciate the summer for what it is here. It is so amazing to go swimming like at night in the middle of the, the summer here. <laughs> Like, cause it's still so warm outside and like the water can get up to like 90 degrees and like under a full moon. It's amazing. It's become like my favorite thing ever. So now, now I can actually appreciate the summer for the summer instead of just feeling like it's this big oppressive thing that's going to take me down for three months. Like, no, I only, I let that happen. Like I gave permission to that, for that to happen. And so I decided to take my power back and... I am I'm trying to embody empowerment and in this case I gave up victimhood I gave up making excuses and I put a plan into place to get over seasonal affective disorder and I did interestingly enough that big list that I made last year uh, about all the things I was gonna do <laughs> I didn't really need to do most of them I didn't leave town once over the summer um, I did some acupuncture, I did some herbs, but like nothing, nothing crazy. Um, I never did get a shade sail up over my pool because it turns out that's a massive endeavor and really expensive. Uh, maybe, maybe sometime in the future, but yeah, I, I can honestly say that I did it. And so this, like I am, I am proud of myself. Like there is an element of pride here, but I wanted to share this, this particular journey, not to say like, Hey, look at me. I did this really, I accomplished this really cool thing. Like, no, I'm not really trying to make it about me necessarily. I just wanted to like show the process. And I skipped a lot of things too. Like there was a lot more that went into it. I just, for the sake of keeping this episode, um, you know, not over an hour. <laughs> um, I, I simplified things a little bit, but I basically just wanted wanted to sh demonstrate like how things unfold and how like what you can do to like take control of the things in your life. And it really just comes down to making a decision and deciding whether or not you're going to continue to give your own power away because ultimately like we can't really control the things that happen to us but we can control the way we, we react to them and we can control our thoughts and the thoughts that we choose to put out into the world which and then which then in turn like you know you you get you reap what you sow like it's all the law of attraction like whatever energy you're putting out there you'll get back and it happened with me this year like i put it out into the world that i was going to have a good summer and I had a good summer. I even like found this amazing tribe of women who are now my business partners and I moved my office and I have this really cool office now like and that happened during the summer like in the middle of the summer like it's been a wild ride and this is the type of thing that I like to help my clients get through is facing their their big bads, their deep, dark fears and insecurities and all the things that have been holding them back and like showing them like you can be empowered, like you can decide that, you know, you can choose to just live the best, your best life, be the best version of yourself. Like it's ultimately up to you and it is within your power. So there you go. That's my, my story, my, how I got over seasonal affective disorder story. Um, I hope that was clear and <laughs> not super babbly. 
or rambling or or whatever but yeah thank you for going down the rabbit hole of health health wellness and spirituality with me i look forward to doing more episodes and just talking about all kinds of cool stuff and maybe doing some interviews and just giving you tools to help you feel empowered and help you be the best version of yourself because if i can do it anybody can do it it's really just about intention and if that's my that's my final thought for the day it's about intention like your thoughts dictate your reality as said by Qui-Gon Jinn in The Phantom Menace (laughs) all right guys thank you so much for listening I will catch you on the next episode have a great week